You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I'm one of the hosts, Nick Pilato, joined as always by Chris Flum. And Chris, today is the first padded practice for the New York football giants. I'm excited about this because we already have some cool developments throughout training camp, some names that are jumping out, maybe a little premature to what a lot of giant fans thought. Jalen Hyatt and players like that. You got one-handed interceptions by Jason Pinnock to conclude practice. A lot of kind of cool stuff, but now the hitting happens and that's where I feel like we can really start reading into, hey, the offense is doing better than the defense, which has been happening in camp so far, but there hasn't been hitting. Let Dexter Lawrence start to hit some players. Let Leonard Williams go all out, and then maybe we'll start to see the defense step it up just a little bit more. But before we get into it, Chris, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. The rain has taken a slight break now. I know it's been a minute since you know you've been really familiar with rain that's when water falls from the sky you get wet you can't really go outside and do a whole lot but right now it's sunny it's relatively cool out for the first day of august but you know we're inside talking training camp since we're talking about weather real quick before we get into the new york giants out here in arizona we get these things called monsoons and they're also referred to as Haboobs, I believe, is what they're actually called. You can Google it. And they're these crazy windstorms that just kind of circulate like, I don't want to say they're tornadoes because they're not, but it can get pretty hectic during these things. And uh, I was unfamiliar with that term until I moved out here and I chuckled a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I can see how that could happen. I'm not, Actually, as you talk about it, I'm kind of picturing that one scene from the mummy where the, the Brendan Fraser mummy where dust storm sandstorm and all all of a sudden the mummy's face comes out of it and yeah that, <laughs> the interesting name for that absolutely all right let's get into some of the early uh news items that surround the new york giants training camp sterling shepherd was activated off of the pup and jameson crowder off of the nfi list and i think this begs the question since the new york giants have a ton of slot receivers. They're the slot <laughs> machine. We'll leave Jamison Crowder aside for a little bit. But Sterling Shepard, is his roster spot guaranteed on the New York Giants with the additions of Paris Campbell and Wandell Robinson eventually coming back? Cole Beasley, who's making, making his name known around Giants camp and around Giants Twitter right now. And with the extensive injury history of a player like Sterling Shepard, would you say his roster spot is a given? I would have to say no. Uh, That's kind of weird to think about because he has really been a mainstay on the Giants since he was drafted way, way back in 2016, back in the before times. And yeah, it's kind of 
sad to think about because he's a guy you and I both love. Like I, he is one of my favorite wide receivers to watch because he is such, such a tough player, such a smart player, such a technician. And whenever he's on the field, he is absolutely 100% dependable. He might not be the best to do what he, whatever he's asked to do, but by God, he will do what you ask of him to the best of his ability. And he's good enough or throughout his career has been good enough that his best is pretty darn good, but he's 30 years old, which is weird to think about because, you know, I still think of him kind of magically falling to the giants in the second round. And yeah, he's 30 years old and he is not a young 30. Yeah. He's had, he had injuries kind of throughout the first part of his career. Then he had all those concussions in 2020 tore his Achilles in 2021 tore his ACL last year and had lower body injuries before his ACL popped. So you have to wonder how much is left, how much can his savvy and technical prowess carry him when you've got guys like Paris Campbell, who have four, three speed Jalen Hyatt, who has pretty incredible speed of his own. Uh, Jameson Crowder so far, Ed has raved to me about Jameson Crowder since he has come off the NFI list. And then also Cole Beasley, who we know Brian Dayball loves. Yeah, and there's also Jalen Hyatt, who I think is going to be more than just a slot type of receiver. So my thing is with Sterling Shepard, if he remains healthy through training camp, I think he makes this roster 95% of the time. So I think he will make this roster. I think you can lock in Darius Slayton, Paris Campbell, Jalen Hyatt, and Isaiah Hodgins on the roster with Wandell Robinson on the pup, but Wandell would also be locked in. And that leaves maybe two spots up for Sterling Shepard, who I think would secure that, Cole Beasley, and then you start to think of like Bryce Ford Wheaton and Colin Johnson. It's going to be a grind. It's going to be a competition, but we know how training camp, what manifests in training camp and how these things tend to transpire. Some of these receivers are going to end up getting injured. I'm knocking on wood. I hope it does not happen, but the likelihood of that throughout preseason and all the way up until week one of the NFL regular season, it, it seems like to me, and just covering this team, we go in with a lot of players and we're excited about, and then this injury happens and that injury happens. And it's just truly unfortunate. Yeah. And that does seem to happen every year. And it does seem to happen to most teams. There, there's a lot of attrition this time of year through the early part of training camp and through the preseason. I mean, elsewhere, the Broncos had Tim Patrick go down. The Dolphins had, have lost Jalen Ramsey for most of the season. In fact, interestingly, and I don't know, maybe we could talk about this at maybe at a future date, they signed Eli Apple to replace Jalen Ramsey. So that'll be an interesting dynamic, I think. But yeah, injuries and injuries to important players do happen. It's not a matter of, you know, the any particular team being Snapen. It's just the nature of the beast particularly at this time of year. Speaking of injuries, J.C. Hassenauer, the backup center to John Michael Schmitz, was placed on the IR, effectively ending his season with a triceps injury, and the New York Giants ended up signing a center guard. He played guard and center for the Arizona Cardinals last year, Sean Harlow, a 28-year-old player who has 
five starts at left guard, three at center, eight total starts, 228 snaps last season, surrendered two sacks, 13 pressures, also had a penalty. McKethan is still on the pup list, and I'm imagining since he was hurt, I think around this time of the year last year, it was in the beginning of August, that he might be activated before the season, and then he might slide into this spot. But as of right now, the depth behind John Michael Schmitz at the center spot is still a concern. I think this is one reason why we're seeing Joe Shane, Brian Dable cross-train these interior offensive linemen, specifically Ben Bredesen, who might be a swing interior offensive lineman if he cannot beat out left guard Josh Azudu for that left guard position. Yeah, I actually looked this up not too long before we went on the air. McKethan was injured on August 5th last year, carted off the field, placed, officially placed on the injured reserve on August 6th. So we're coming up on a full year since he was injured. Yeah, I suppose the clock on the return doesn't really start until the after the surgery. But yeah, that that is kind of a long recovery. But he's also a big dude. And... You know, if the amount of mass that he carries gets moving in the wrong direction, that can lead to a pretty devastating injury. So hopefully he will return to full health soon and get on the field to compete for a job. Yet the interior offensive line, I think it's going to be something to watch, especially now that the pads are going on and guys can hit the defense can play at full speed or close to it. And then you've got, we saw the previous practice with, Josh Zudu and Ben Bredesen being your starting guards at left and right guard, respectively. And personally to me, I think that might be the Giants' best alignment, their best personnel grouping for their offensive line. Yet nothing against Mark Lewinsky, but he's not going to be here much longer. And also he was kind of a disappointment last year. At times I would even say he was a liability. So if they can get both of those two young guys to beat him out, that would be a very good development for this offensive line. Albeit, it would be a very young offensive line. Tyree Phillips has also worked in to the left guard rotation, which is interesting because he has time, his time back at the Baltimore Ravens, he has snaps under his belt at left guard and also at right guard. So I'm going to be looking forward to see, I don't think he'll actually compete, but if he can be a reliable option behind the starting guards while also operating as a swing tackle. It gives him so much more utility than the Corey Cunninghams, who are, has also received some first-team reps at left tackle when they want Andrew Thomas, obviously, to have a break. So they do at least view Corey Cunningham as a possibility to be the swing tackle, maybe even over someone like a Tyree Phillips. But again, evaluating the offensive line and the defensive line in non-padded practice, look, they, they're still going at each other, but right now, Tuesday, August 1st, the first pad of practice. I think you can get a better glimpse as to what you have in the trenches now that they're actually finally going to be hitting each other. It's really exciting. One more thing before we go to break. Jalen Hyatt cracking 24 miles per hour is uh, is something that happened two practices ago. And it's interesting. Look, he cracked 24 miles per hour at the peak of his 40-yard dash as well, along with Keely Ringo and I think two other players from the Combine. But I remember earlier in the offseason, Chris, there was a discussion. Who is the fastest New York Giant? And it came down to Darius Slayton. And I think they were Paris Campbell was before practices even happened. His name got mentioned in it. But Jalen Hyatt cracking 24 miles per hour is pretty significant. 
And it's also something that, and I know this is just training camp, so take this with a grain of salt. Last year, Tyree Kill's fastest was 21.8 miles per hour. Jalen Waddle, 22.5 miles per hour. Saquon Barkley, 21.3 miles per hour. Darius Slayton, 21 miles per hour. So if you're clocking 24 and it's not going to be that fast during the game, it still really says something about your game speed, and that can do wonders for your offense, not just in creating explosive plays through Jalen Hyatt, but creating explosive plays by opening up space for Darren Waller and all of these other players. So what are your thoughts on Jalen Hyatt cracking the 24 mile per hour mark. It is obviously impressive. I would be very surprised if he, if he topped say 22 or got really close to 24 miles per hour with full pads and a helmet on, you know, in, in a real game situation, because guys typically aren't running in a straight line and able to really open their stride up and, hit access their full speed potential all that often yeah a lot of game speed and play speed that does come down to technique uh making sure you're making your breaks and cuts on the correct foot to turn up field with the minimum amount of wasted motion and wasted energy and also that short area quickness and explosiveness so you can and agility so you can carry speed throughout various maneuvers cuts turns that all of those things because again you typically aren't running in a straight line all that often in a football game until you get to the open field now i think not even think i absolutely 100% fully expect the giants to do everything they can to get Jalen Hyatt and and Paris Campbell and Darius Slayton, their speed options, the ball in the open field or with as few defenders around them as possible. We've already seen them scheming play, uh, scheming guys open, uh, already seen a, a fair amount of double moves in the glimpses we've got into practice. And I fully expect... Last year, we saw a lot of Mike Kafka calling a route concepts designed to get one-on-one matchups down the field and to get guys running open, either across the field on like those bootleg rollouts or so we'll say rub routes or route combinations to create traffic. I fully expect that, and I expect that's when the ball will go to Hyatt and Paris Campbell. All right, we're going to talk a lot more about the offense and its efficiency and maybe a little bit about Daniel Jones and his ball placement so far through camp. But before we get to that, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors here at SB Nation. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, 
And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Chris, the offense has been sharp so far. Now, there's not, there's no hitting going on, so it's been a lot of one-on-ones. You got to take some of this you know, in stride, if you will. But there's one thing that really has stuck out to me, and it's Daniel Jones' ball placement. And I know he's not threatened by getting hit, but one of my biggest criticisms and critiques of Jones is – consistency with ball placement down the field, outside the numbers, and sometimes near the sidelines as well. And some of the passes that he has had that have been caught on camera, like the one to Paris Campbell in the back of the end zone, the one to Jalen Hyatt on the sideline from yesterday's practice, the velocity, the touch on some of these balls, they're exceptional. And I never thought Daniel Jones was bad at ball placement because he's not. He's solid. I think his ball placement is solid on, on an NFL level, but it's hasn't been elite through his career. But so far through camp, it's camp. I get it. I have seen more precision. Have you seen the same thing? Yeah, I will say. But Daniel Jones has been – he has appeared, at, at, again, in the videos that we have seen, he has appeared quite sharp. There have been, obviously, misfires. I believe that – uh, one-handed interception by Jason Pinnock was an overthrow. And those things are going to happen. Yeah, but I think it is kind of an artifact of this being the second year in the offense, ha- feeling a lot more comfort, uh, having a lot more familiarity with Mike Kafka, with Brian Dayball. They know what he likes now. He knows what how they want the offense to be structured he has a a lot better feel for the timing of everything yeah last year the throws that were always most impressive to me with daniel jones were the ones i i refer to them as the brainstem throws ones where he was always accurate enough when he was on time and in rhythm the kind of you know hit your back foot on a three-step drop ball comes out and it's not a particularly long throw. The receiver's where he's supposed to be when he's supposed to be there. It's just kind of things are going as they should. But the ones that always impressed me the most were the ones where the play completely breaks down, and he just kind of sees a flash of a blue helmet down the field and throws the ball. Yeah, I don't know that he's ever actually processing it, and it's just kind of, again, like, a complete autonomic nervous system reaction. Not even a conscious decision to throw the ball. That's why I call it a brainstem throw. And those were the ones where he his ball placement was almost uncanny. Those were the ones where I step away and say, okay, wow. And I think that we're starting to see that a little bit more in this training camp. 
and it not being a brainstem throw. Now, what I'm going to be looking for, especially over the next few days into preseason and then the start of the regular season, is how much that carries over to the passes being more contested, to the pressure getting to be real. You know, like that that one toe drag pass to Saquon Barkley. Jones had about seven seconds with the ball in his hand. That is not going to happen in a real NFL game. There was no pressure. That was seven on seven. I want to see what happens when you've got Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari coming off the edge, uh, Dexter Lawrence coming up the middle, uh, Wink Martindale scheming up some kind of pressure package. The DB is actually able to hit and jam and be physical down the field. Yeah, I want to see if the sharp, precise nature of the offense carries over as things get more real. I think one way Daniel Jones can combat that to continue success is to do something that he's been doing throughout camp, and that is to target number 12, Darren Waller, because Darren Waller is everywhere. Some of these some of these clips, man, he's, he's gigantic. He, he's a gigantic human being going up against defensive backs who some of them are even like six foot, six one. It doesn't even look fair. I've called him one one from Game of Thrones, a reference to the giant wildling that lives north of the wall. And that's funny because George R.R. R. Martin is supposedly or reportedly, I should say, a New York Giants fan. And he named that giant one one because of Phil Sims. So <laughs> looking at Darren Waller out there, it's just it's crazy to me just how much bigger he is than than his contemporaries and the def- the Giants haven't had a tight end like this in, in so long so I'm really excited to see what he can do when the regular season rolls around a little bit but I want to bring up and transition a little bit before we get out of here to De- Deontay Banks Deontay Banks seems to be this this negative aura surrounding him at the moment on Giants Twitter just because there's a lot of clips of him being a step behind and, and not getting to the football though yesterday's practice he knocked away a pass against Darius Slayton I think it's way too way too premature to jump ship what are your thoughts on this yeah absolutely uh, I think concern is obviously warranted because he's going to be a big part of the Giants defense he's a cornerback drafted in the first round it's a place where the giants have both a need because they need to find an option opposite of dory jackson and it is and it's just an important position within the defense because we know if wink martindale is going to be sending pressure he's going to want to be playing sticky man coverage behind that pressure and the offense has been picking on number 36 and so far they've been pretty successful doing so and opposing offenses are going to be picking on the rookie and for the most part rookie cornerbacks tend to struggle in the NFL you know like Sauce Gardner and Tyreek Woolen they were outliers you know a year ago you rarely see young corners step into the NFL and play as well as they did. And I don't think we can expect Deontay Banks to step in and immediately play, you know, like they did at a veteran level. But I also think it is 
too early to start calling him a bust or anything like that. He is in a new position. He has a lot on him. Like I said, it's he was a first-round pick. He's going to be expected to play a lot and early with a lot on his shoulders. And it, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all, not one little bit, if he was doing a lot more thinking than playing right now, just trying to not screw up. And in a few of those clips, I've, I saw him be pretty flat-footed. It really did look like he was trying to parse his way through his technique, you know, instead of just reacting and playing. The flip side of that, I think, is Trey Hawkins III, who is apparently running with the ones now. Which is exactly what I wanted to see, because... I think he's been exceptional so far in camp, but he's been exceptional against Jeff Smith and Bryce Ford Wheaton. And I want to see him go up against Darren Waller, and I want to see him go up against Darius Slayton. And in yesterday's practice, he did, and he lost some, and he won some, and the Giants may have found found some gold in the sixth round of the draft, Chris, with a Trey Hawkins. Now, let's not put the cart before the horse, right? But... When you have a undrafted guy or a day three player making plays consistently in camp and they're generating buzz and that drum beat starts to build and then it gets louder and louder, that's not something to ignore. But I don't want to look at Trey Hawkins and and Deontay Banks and be like, well, Deontay Banks sucks. Trey Hawkins is doing well. That Therefore, Trey Hawkins is better. Deontay Banks is consistently going up against the one. So let's see what Trey Hawkins can do. And with the hitting, dude, this guy's a hitter. He is a killer out there. So he, he can really, I hope he doesn't hit the New York Giants receivers like he hit his opponents at Old Dominion. <laughs> but either way, I'm happy for Trey Hawkins and I'm not worried about Deontay Banks. But Chris, anything else before we get out of here? Yeah, just just to expand a little bit on the observation that Deontay Banks might be thinking a little too much. I think the opposite might be true with Trey Hawkins. Yet he's like you said, he's a six round pick out of Old Dominion. I don't think there is really any pressure on him. So I think he, to a large extent, is just going out and playing. And he does have a ton of physical ability. I mean, he's just an eighth of an inch under six foot two. So we'll just say he's six foot two has a four, four, two 40, 37 and a half inch vertical, uh, six, seven, four, three cone, you know, for a player, his height with his length, he is an incredible athlete and just playing that. I think is, I think that is what Deontay banks needs to get to. And I will be interested to see if Trey Hawkins can stay with the ones because we saw yesterday the Giants experiment with Trey Hawkins and Deontay Banks out wide and then a Dory Jackson in the slot. So I'm curious to see if that stays, if they keep doing that. And if I'd like to know if that's a commentary on what they think of Trey Hawkins or what they think about Darnay Holmes and Cordell Flott, where Adoree Jackson moving over into the slot is their best option. I wonder how Adoree Jackson is also going to feel about him being moved to the slot in a contract year. That's uh, something that's interesting. I believe Jordan Ronan, I saw it on Twitter, mentioned something like that. It might have been on Talking Giants. I'm not sure, but that's something also to consider 
But we know how the New York Giants operate as a coaching staff. They're going to mix and match. They're going to find their best 11 to field out there on offense and on defense. And we know on defense, they're going to be rotating like crazy, as they always do. And it's one of the things I love most about Wink Martindale. But Chris, before we get out of here, you have anything else, bro? Nope, that's about it. Now we just kind of have to kill time until about 5 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, sounds great. Can't wait for practice. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. Please, if you have not done so already, like and subscribe, comment on the podcast. That would be excellent. And also head on over to BigBlueView.com where we have all of our beautiful written content. Thank you, everyone, and have a lovely day. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.